Hey there, I'm Lauren Hicks, pastor of Pacific Christian Center in Santa Maria, California. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. It's my prayer that this message strengthens your faith and draws you closer to God. Now enjoy today's message. This video, God wants to show you who he is and that he's real and that he's present and that he's involved in our lives and that he works and that he does miracles in people's lives. And despite the skeptics, a study by Oxford University Press says that 72% of Americans believe in miracles. Even among physicians, there was a poll of 1,100 physicians, 73% held the belief that miracles occur today or at least there are unexplainable phenomenon. They may not uh, attribute it to divine intervention, but they can't deny something happened. They can't deny the evidence of a doctor's report, a CAT scan, an MRI, an x-ray that says this, and then you look at another one and it's completely different. They cannot explain it, but something happened. We know what happened. It is the miracle working hand of God. The dictionary defines a miracle as an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. I like that, and I give Webster some good credit there. Divine intervention in human affairs. That's what we long for. That's what we ask for. That's what we cry out for. That's what we pray out, pray for. That's what this weekend has been about, that you and I would simply come and give God an opportunity so that there would be divine intervention in human affairs. And God would move in our hearts and our lives. We sang a moment ago that I'm going to see a victory. I hope you sing that with faith in your heart. That I hope it's not just lyrics on a screen, but that you really meant what you were singing. I'm going to see a victory because the battle belongs. <laughs> the battle belongs to the Lord. I was thinking as we were singing about how many of you in this room need a breakthrough. In your life, I've been asking the Lord for some breakthroughs. Don't raise your hand, but maybe you need a breakthrough. I believe God can give you a breakthrough. Maybe you need a breakthrough physically. Maybe you need a breakthrough mentally or emotionally. Maybe there has been wounds of the past that have latched their grip on you and you can't seem to break free from the pain, the brokenness, the hurt, the bitterness, the, the unforgiveness of what has happened in the past. And you need a breakthrough in your spirits. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your marriage. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your, the lives of your children or your grandchildren. You're asking God to, to intervene, divine intervention in the affairs of our children and our grandchildren. Maybe you need divine intervention in terms of an open door or a new job or financial provision or God's hand of protection. He is a miracle working God. If you stick around this place very long, you will discover we believe in miracles. We believe that Christianity is a religion of miracles. In fact, in fact, if you have your Bible and you take miracles out of the Bible, we don't have much left. If you take the supernatural out of the pages of scripture, there's not much left in the scripture. It's a supernatural book from the first word to the last word. It's a story of God's miraculous power from the beginning to the end, not just in nature, not just in God speaking to and creative miracles, but miracles in the lives of God's people. We see it over and over again. 
The Bible's a book of miracles from the beginning to the end. In fact, I would suggest to you that you cannot believe the Bible without believing in miracles. You cannot believe the Bible without believing that God does miracles in the lives of his people. It's a miracle book from the beginning to the end. You look in the writings of Jesus, of the teaching of Jesus, the record of Jesus' life and ministry, we call them the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, eyewitness testimony of the life, ministry, miraculous power, teaching, healing of Jesus. I don't have time to tell you all the miracles Jesus did, but he turned water into wine, he fed 5,000, he walked on water, he calmed the Sea of Galilee, he healed the lame, the leper, the blind, the deaf, and various other diseases. He cast out demons, he raised the dead. Over and over we see his miracle working power. And then we move into the New Testament era of the New Testament church. After the resurrection and ascension of Jesus and the birth of the local church through the power of Pentecost. From Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 we see this church being born and the Holy Spirit empowering this church And we wonder in this transition moment, we wonder if the days of miracles are over. Was was miracles just something for the ministry of Jesus? Jesus does miracles. Of course, Jesus is God. We understand that. But would miracles stop? And we turn the page and we once again see God's miracle working power. And we turn another page in the book of Acts and we see him do it again. And we turn another page and we see another miracle. And we turn another page and we see another miracle. And we turn another page and we see another miracle. And we go on and on and on. And I was reading the skeptics this week and some theologians who disagree with me. I don't know why they would disagree with me. I forgive them for being wrong. There are different points of view, but my heart goes out to those who believe that miracles ended in the era of the apostles. We raised our hands in this room who can testify of a miracle. You've experienced it in your own life. Surely God does miracles today. But last night as we were here and we, we kind of kicked off this miracle weekend to set aside this time. I, I told the, the audience that was here last night and maybe you were here last night that I feel no pressure over this weekend. There's no pressure on my shoulder. What if God does this or what if God doesn't do that? It's not about me. And it's not about you. It's not about Pacific Christian. It's about God and giving him an opportunity to do whatever it is that he wants to do in our hearts and lives. And because he's good and because he's merciful and because he's kind and because he's all powerful, we should expect that God would do these things. We believe that he answers prayer. And so last night I, I, I said that the phrase that has been in my heart this weekend and this week leading up, this has been a week of fasting and prayer for our church leading up to this weekend has, has just been this phrase, simple expectation. Just a simple expectation. We come with expectation. The New Testament church was a church that expected the power of God. It expected to see God move. So let me ask you a question. What could happen if we daily live with an expectation that God would hear and answer prayer? What if we would let faith rise in our hearts to the place that once again we got back to the place where we once again believed that God heard and answered prayer? What if we would live with that expectation that all things are possible? Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that when you exercise that faith, the Bible says that God rewards those who diligently seek him. 
So my prayer has been, Lord, restore our belief and expectation for the supernatural. For Pacific Christian, for Lauren and Linda, for our family, Lord, restore our faith and our expectation for the miraculous. I understand the skeptics who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I understand the scoffer. I understand the agnostic who does not know Jesus in a personal way. But what about you and I who are Christ followers, people who say we love Jesus and have given our lives to him and have believed in his name and have called upon his name? Do we have an expectation that God would move in our lives? Our struggle is not faith in God's ability. I rarely meet someone who says, I don't believe God can. Our struggle is not in our belief in God's ability. Our struggle is faith in his willingness to believe that he will do it. And the result of that is no expectation. As we read the story of the four gospels, we learn that people come to Jesus expecting to receive a miracle over and over again. They come expecting a miracle. I wonder if you came today expecting a miracle. I wonder if you walked in this place. I wonder if you got out of your car and you walked across the parking lot and you walked up to the front and walked in this auditorium and in your heart there was an expectation today that you would meet with a God who can do anything. And that today would be the day of your miracle. That I'm expecting and believing that today is a day of breakthrough and a day of miracles. I don't know if you believe it, but you're going to be convinced before we leave here that the pastor believes it. I believe it. I believe it. See, here's what's important. Expectation is evidence of our faith. Expectation is evidence of our faith in Jesus. So I don't have a lot of expectation. Do you have simple expectation? Can you just lay it out for him and say, Jesus... Do it again. Do it again. That's been my prayer. I have been so blessed to grow up in a Pentecostal church. This serving Jesus is all I know. I'm so grateful. I know that's not everybody's testimony, but I'm I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. And I've seen God do so many things. I've seen God work in so many lives. I've seen God and Linda and I in our ministry. We started pastoring a church that had two people in it. I didn't know it was a church plan. I just thought it was becoming the pastor. It was, we were planting a new church. The broken down little bit. We saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I've told some friends on Friday night, many times I prayed and asked God for a certain amount of money to come in the offering because we would not be able to pay the bills that week. I'm not talking about the pastor's salary. I'm talking about the utility bills. And the insurance, those kind of things. Ask God for a dollar amount. And time and time again, I've seen God hit it to the dollar amount. Time and time again. I've seen God's miraculous power. I've seen God heal the sick. I've seen God restore families. I told uh, us last night about an incredible story of God restoring a family. I've seen what the Lord can do. But the cry of my heart today, the cry of my heart right now is Jesus, do it again. Do it again, Jesus. Do it in this hour. Do it in this generation. Do it in Santa Maria. Do it at Pacific Christian Center. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Do it one more time. Now, miracles in Scripture do not happen predictably. I don't think that miracles were even an everyday occurrence, even in the Bible times. 
We trust the Lord's sovereignty. We trust his will. We've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. We don't see everything. We have a very, very limited view of things, a very limited perspective. And that's why we need faith. If you knew it all, you wouldn't need faith. I said, if you knew it all, you wouldn't need faith. You'd just be a know-it-all. You ever been around a know-it-all? They're a pleasure to be around. But since we don't know it all, we have faith. We trust. We trust God. We trust God. You know, sometimes God's answer is no. Isn't that hard to deal with? Isn't that hard to accept? I think God's answer should be yes to everything I ask him. But you didn't give your children everything they asked for when they were growing up. If you, if you, if you did, well... We know how they turned out. (laughs) But it's likely you didn't give them everything that they asked for when they were children because as a loving parent, you knew better. You knew better. And our Heavenly Father doesn't give us everything we ask for because He knows better. He knows truly what we need. And even when we can't understand it, we trust him. And the Apostle Paul experienced this in his own life when he had what he described as a thorn in the flesh. And three times he prayed and asked God to deliver him from it and to set him free. Take it away, Jesus. We know you are able and we know you can. And the Lord said no. And the Lord said to him in that moment, but my grace, Paul, is sufficient for you. And my power is sufficient to enable you to go through whatever it is that you have to go through. And even that is a miracle. Can I remind you of that? The supernatural strength of God, the peace of God, to get through whatever he asked you to go through, even that is a miracle of God. And finally, let me remind you that miracles are not about us. Miracles are about God. They're not about us. They're about God. I didn't have time to read you the whole story today, but I wanted to tell you the story of Acts chapter 3. With the healing of the lame man at the gate of beautiful. Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there's a man there and he's just, it's an ordinary day for him. And he was expecting to receive a little money in his cup. Some, some good friends put him in a popular location. So there was a lot of foot traffic and people are on their way to church to pray. They, may, they might feel a little more charitable. And so they put some coins in there. And he reached out, asked for something from Peter and John. And Peter says, Look at us. John, you got anything? No. Silver and gold, we don't have we don't have any of that. But we got something better. We got something better. Peter takes him by the hand, looks him in the eye and says in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible says The Bible says that strength came to his legs. Not only did he stand up, Not only did he feel sensation in those legs, he shook them around a little bit like you would. He started walking a little bit, doing something he hadn't done in a long time. The Bible says, then he was leaping and praising God for what the Lord had done. Because you all know that's exactly what you would do. Now, some of you have had surgery and illness and things. And you come out of that, maybe everything is right in your body, but you don't instantly start walking again. You certainly don't stop jumping and running and leaping. Physical therapy, working those muscles, working those legs, weeks and months. But it was a miraculous healing, a miraculous healing. 
And the people began to look at Peter and John. Wow, look at those guys. Look what they did. And I love Acts chapter 3, verse 12. This is what Peter says. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or look at us so intently as if through our own power or godliness that we made this man walk. Why are you looking at us? But Peter goes on to say, but, but let it be known to everybody here that it's not us. It's through the name of Jesus that this man that you see that was crippled now is walking before you. It is in the name of Jesus. It was not in Peter's authority. It was not for Peter's glory. It was in the authority of Jesus and for the glory of his name. And that brings me to my last point as the worship team is coming. Every miracle points to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The miracle then gave the opportunity for Peter to preach a message. And in verse 19, Peter says this. He says, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hasn't this weekend been refreshing? Every miracle, every miracle points to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. The greatest miracle you'll ever experience is not the healing of your body or even the salvation of your marriage, restoration of your marriage or your children. It's not a new job. The greatest miracle you'll ever receive is the salvation of your soul and the forgiveness of your sins. Peace with God, refreshing from the Lord and the promise of eternal life. So I don't know what you're here with today and what miracle you need in your life. But if God can create billions of galaxies with four words, think about that. He created billions of galaxies with four words. Let there be light. A God that can do that. What can he do in your life? Friends, there is nothing that God cannot do. I wonder if you would come with today with simple expectation of what the Lord can do. If you're here today, if you're here, if you're still here, he's not finished in your life. I want you to stand to your feet, everybody. We're going to worship together this song, and then we're going to pray for miracles together. So don't leave if you can. Stay, stay with us. Let's worship together. Once again, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Special thanks to those of you who give so generously to make this ministry possible. If God has put it on your heart to give, please visit our website at pacificchristian.net. And if you enjoyed today's message, please consider subscribing, sharing with your friends on social media, and giving us a rating in iTunes. This will enable us to expand our reach and share the message of Christ with more people. Until next time, God bless.